Yes, it is our one Sportsnet today. Logan Gordon and Julian McKenzie from The Athletic covering your Calgary Flames. You can find them on Twitter at JKA McKenzie. He's been along with us all week long, heading off on some holidays tomorrow. Appreciate all the work you had this week, Julian. Thanks for having me, man. It's been really fun. Fun show to get to today. We'll do some NHL offseason review. Chat about some Puck Doku as well. I got Taylor Dixon, Trader Puck Doku, Calgarian joining us a little bit later on today as well. We're in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta, alongside our outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor, this afternoon. And a quick reminder that the fan feedback line is always open to you here on the program. Shoot us a text at 960-960. We're very excited right now to head down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Welcome in our Thursday regular here on the program. MLB Network, NHL Network, and the Cinephile Podcast. It's Mr. Adnan Verk. Adnan, how are you, pal? Logo, Julian. How you guys doing? I'm coming to you uh, breathing in some fine, fresh Canadian air back here visiting my parents in the GTA. So it's been great. One of my many joys is going home. As you know, we've well documented the coffee crisp and the Jersey milk and all the rest of it. But <laughs> I also like the fact here, as Canadians properly say, where is your washroom? In America, they look at you like you have four eyes. They call it a bathroom, as I like to point out. Nobody takes a bath in the bathroom, at least to my knowledge. But I will wash after going to a washroom. So Man. it's been a pleasure being able to find the local washroom. Right? <laughs> a little tennis on tap. You know, yes. My, my mom, a big tennis fan, and one of my buddies from TSN, Sean Cameron, hooked me up. He said, you want tennis tickets? I go, are you kidding? Look who you're talking to. Of course I'll take tennis tickets. Tonight, apparently out. Al- Apparently Alcaraz is playing us. It's fantastic. I said, great, I'm in. So I'm uh, after we do this, I'm going to take my mom and a few of my kids and go watch some tennis. Tomorrow, Jay's game on tap. Mm-hmm. Dan Shulman coming through. So nice. Jay's tough. Saturday, a little barbecue with some old college buddies, and we'll drive back Sunday. So it's uh, great to be talking to you both, breathing some fine clean and air. Good to hear, my man. Uh, have you... Julian, have you chatted with Adnan on the show and any of your guest fill-ins before? Um, or is it the first time? I think we've been on Tim and Friends together. I want to say that. I'm sure we've d- we've definitely done stuff like at the same time. I'm like this is not the first time I've communicated with Adnan in any way. He's probably one of the best guests you could have on any platform, oh. as far as I'm concerned. Listen, Julian, with words like that, I wish you spoke every week. <laughs> I would yeah. love that. I would yeah. love that. I'm not doing that much. Yeah. <laughs> See, now the reason I bring... We'll talk every week. We'll yeah. talk, yeah, we'll figure that See, out. See, now the reason I bring this up is because Julian um, spent a lot of time in Montreal over the years, right? Born and raised, obviously. Born and raised. Um, Adnan, and if, right. I, if I believe this is right, I want to get this story right because... Uh, Adnan's a big Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I believe Adnan, you right. were in Montreal for the Super Bowl, yeah. And you had Leafs Habs tickets, man, which you left to go watch the Super Bowl. Correct? Wow, close, close. Oh. Not quite Super Bowl. Eagles playoff game. playoff games. That's uh, I right. I believe it was against yeah. I believe it was against the Giants. But we destroyed. I mean, whatever game it, it was, it was a I blowout. My mind is foggy. Yeah. Yeah, it was a blowout game. And, and the Habs game actually it was pretty, pretty good because the Leafs took an early lead and the Habs came back to win. So nothing better than a Leafs loss and an Eagles win. So we, we came out huge. But it was great. I was, my buddy was funny. He's a huge Bills fan. And when we, you know, one of our good friends from the score, Sonny Backle Karen, was getting married. And he was a huge Leafs fan, regrettably for him. And he wanted to go do the bachelor party in Montreal, Leafs, Habs, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So me and my buddy John, he's a huge Bills fan. He knows what an Eagles fan I am. When we looked at the schedule, we go, dude. I'm like, what are you 
a Saturday in January, like both their teams are pretty good. Like it's either going to be the Bills playing or the Eagles playing. And sure enough, it was the Eagles. So very conflicted. But I said, "Here's what we're going to do: the Eagles game started at eight, the Habs game was at seven. I said we're going to watch the first period, and then we're just going to leave. And if we have to find some sports bar, and people are going to look at us. If you again, full eyes, who the hell wants to watch a football game when Leafs Habs is on? We'll do it. But amazingly, Julian, within the Bell Center, we went downstairs, mm. and there was a sports bar. Now, again, the major TVs had on Leafs Habs. We found three relatively decent-sized TVs where a couple other football fans were watching, so it was fantastic. I Club 1909? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah Club was 1909. That's the bar that's downstairs in the Bell Center. That's where I figured you went. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I just figured I was, I was in a sports bar. I didn't even feel like I was at the Bell Center. It was just great. But uh, the, and, and the Eagles crushed them, so I was, there was no stress anyway around. But after that, we wandered the streets of Bruce St. Catherine, and those guys are mad because they're Leafs fans. <laughs> I was thrilled. The Leafs lost the ball, the Eagles won. <laughs> and then we have a ton of sports questions we have to get to, but I would be remiss if I didn't tap into your cinephile brain. I would love a review of the Barbie movie from you. Absolutely. So it, it's interesting with, with Barbenheimer, <laughs> yes. everyone calls it watching both, which by the way, I don't know why anyone would subject themselves to doing that. Like there's such a paucity of great movies. Why wouldn't you spit it out? Right. That's like cheat day. And you just go nuts, like in a matter of like one meal. No, no. <laughs> have the McDonald's once a week, and then next week we're going to have you know the frappe and maybe a little Popeyes or KFC. No, no. Barbenheimer's like I'm just going all out six hours. My butt's going to be sore sitting in a movie theater. Do you? That's fine. But I didn't do that. I took my wife and a couple couples of hers to go see Barbie, and just to be in the mood, I wore more pink than her. Like it was actually embarrassing. <laughs> I had a pink doll shirt and pink shorts. And she's, like, wearing a dress with, like, a hint of pink. You know, like, that, that term, an accent of pink. That was hers. And I'm, like, full pink. And I'm meeting two couples I've never met before. They're like, oh. And the one husband's like, oh, I'll have a Barbie. And I'm like, well, yeah. Like, I don't normally dress like this. But I'm going to see Barbie with a bunch of 16-year-old girls. I'd like to look like I'm in the mood. So I'll be honest, Julian, I, 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 I enjoyed the first half. I thought it was light and frilly. Then I thought the second half got a little too preachy and heavy-handed and kind of hit me over the head. Like, when a movie goes from being subversive, which for layman's terms is, you know, they're giving me the message beneath all the other parodies. Once you start telling me what you're doing, I, I just don't find it as enjoyable. Now, I find it amusing how many guys have taken umbrage. I'm like, it's called Barbie. It's literally a movie targeted for women, and it's about feminism. Who do you think the bad guy's going to be? Fairly certain toxic masculinity is going to be the evil, and men are not going to come out well. So it's uh, yeah. like a dude, like a bro- well, if you're like, oh, come on, man, they're, they're demonizing men. I'm like, well, I... A, some of it's kind of true, and B, it's not really a movie made for men. <laughs> and if you want to go do that, then go watch Oppenheimer, which I know some couples who have seen the women are like, oh, my God, what a boring movie. The guy's like, are you kidding me? It's the best way of the year, which I've been saying as well. So I, I like Barbie for what it was. I-, I wouldn't recommend seeing it in theaters if you are similarly a heterosexual middle-aged male, as I am. But for a date night, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. And-, and listen, a good pedigree. Obviously, Greta Gerwig's a very good director. Noah Baumbach wrote the script. We love our boy Ryan Gosling, the little Canadian. And Margot Robbie always looks stellar. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was all right. I, I, I definitely wouldn't watch it again. And given my druthers, I probably, if I didn't have Cinefile, I probably would just wait until streaming. But, listen, big movie. And most importantly, I'm thrilled it has brought so many people back to the theaters. Like, a billion dollars is insane, especially for a non-Marvel, non-superhero movie. Like, Barbie is the superhero of 2023, and it's an original film. I know it's a toy. I know it's been around forever. But the movie is an original concept. And when I first saw the trailer, I said, this is go big or go home. Either this is going to be so bad it's good, it's going to be legitimately good, or it's going to be just a gigantic turkey. And uh, it has not been that, thankfully. It's made a lot of money. It's been generally well-reviewed. And I'm shocked there isn't a sequel announced yet. That was I read the other day 
apparently nothing yet in the works because there's nothing in the contracts yeah. of Fredrick Gorig, Margaret Robbie, et cetera. So I, I can't imagine that it will not be one with this kind of money, but man, those guys are all going to cash in. Uh, if you do have to get to some sports questions, which should be an easy enough transition for us around here, uh, anything more disappointing than what the LA Angels have been post-trade deadline after oh. they made the decision to go all in with Shohei? It's just a disaster, Logo. And you know, my brother's a Cubs fan, and I kept telling him, I you guys got to trade Bellinger. He's hit 203 over the last three seasons, and he's raking right now. He's never going to be better. Trade him. And Stroman's got a three-year, $71 million deal. He's going to opt out. He might get $30 million a year, five years, 150. It's not a very strong starting pitcher market. He's almost 30. Instead, the Cubs rip off an eight-game winning streak. They go, you know what? We're kind of screwed. Let's go for it. And to the Cubs' credit, they add getting Jimmer Candelario, and they're a game and a half back in the Central Reds lose six straight. The Angels are the anti-Cubs. They have the exact same situation. Everyone, common sense is saying, trade Otani. You're not going to make the playoffs. There's four or five teams ahead of you. Your pitching depth isn't nearly good enough. Now, I wasn't on board with it until they made some moves. As you alluded to, I'm like, well, if they just said, we think our team's good enough, you're insane. But if you're going to go ahead and trade for Giolito, who I think is a good pitcher, number three starter, number two on a good day, maybe an ace on some days, Ronaldo Lopez and C.J. Crone and Randall Gritchick. There's always a little love-hate on Gritchick. I didn't care for him as a Blue Jay, but he's mm-hmm. having a good year. Of course, he'll play it perhaps. Crone's a good hitter. Then I get it. I say, you know what? I understand your thought process. It's a very emotional decision to trade one of the greatest players, literally, of his lifetime already. If Otani retires tomorrow, we could still say this is one of the greatest players of his, of his era. It's amazing. So I get it. And you can still sell yourself by going, we're going to go for it, and for two months we'll get great revenue and attendance. And, and at the very least, and this still holds true, we can sit down with Otani at the end of the year and go, listen, we're going to give you $600 million, I promise you. And at least we tried. We know we haven't made the playoffs since 2014. Longest route since the Tigers. But you're comfortable here, right? You like being here. Southern California, great weather, good market, not overbearing. Right now, too much pressure. With the OC, it's chill. And then this happens. And this is a killer. Honestly, if they at least were competitive for another month, and if you told me Labor Day, they had like a five or six game losing streak and we're out of it. Again, you could sell to the fan base. We went for it. We were in it for a while, but we were exposed. This is a train wreck. This is, let's go for it. And within a week, I gathered us. Like, the trade deadline was last week. It was August 1st, and we're a week later, and there's not one person in the world who doesn't live up to the Orange County. The guys, the answer's still in this thing. I mean, two weeks ago, even when the Yankees were like clinging to the final playoffs, but I go, they're in real trouble. Now I look, the Yankees are like five and a half back, I think. I'm like, they're done. I'm like, it's, it's going to be really hard for any other team in the following three to be the playoff teams. I think O's win the division, Rays wild card. Maybe Rays in the division, perhaps. Out West, it's Rangers-Astros. They're in. And the central winner is probably the Twins. Starting to keep up on the season by trading Savali. We get it. So you got one spot. It's our Blue Jays. Are you kidding? Like, when, when Toronto dusted off the Red Sox the way they did this past week, they go, that's the Blue Jays team of what they're capable of. And to me, that was a huge litmus test series. 0-7 against Boston. Brutal within the division. You're going to Fenway. If you lose 2 or 3, Boston catches you. And instead, the legend of Davis Schneider and the stash explodes. Body goes deep. Pitching was great. They hammered Boston. Mm-hmm. It was so bad, my buddy Alex Square had to bench Alex Verdugo for Saturday's game. <laughs> that's the Jason that they're capable of. You don't tell me that's the third playoff team? Like, in what world do you think the Angels are better than them? They're not. The Yankees probably aren't. The Red Sox probably aren't. So maybe it's the Mariners. They're two games back. At least they're competitive. It could happen. But for the Angels, it is literally the worst-case scenario. 
just want to move to another baseball topic. First off, did you just say Alex Cora is your buddy? Did you just kind of casually just sprinkle that He does that, that. He does it with Booney. He does that with... That's your boys. He name drops a lot. That's he's on fair. MLB Network, we, man. He's that's, pretty that's big guy. That's fair. That's fair. And that's been in this game for a long yeah, time. I'm not surprised he's got He's this. got that drip, man. It's Riz. It, look, he's definitely got Riz. <laughs> Let me tell you my story. I'll, I'll tell you a legit story. Tell me. So last week, I do a little segment, MLB Network called the AV Files. Right? Two, yeah. three minute essay I do on whatever topic. Yeah. So I bumped it, meaning going to break. I said, coming up next, we'll talk with the Boston Red Sox. Cora's watching. Watches all the time. He texts me, like, boo, like thinking I'm going to burn him. Like, dude, <laughs> keep watching. So he's, he's giving me feedback in real time. I do the essay. He's like, fantastic. Way to give you, Chang, some love. I'm like, man, good good reminder. <laughs> you know, watch what you say because these guys are watching. We'll put you on blast. Okay. I want to bring up another big topic that's been buzzing around or across Major League Baseball. Kevin Brown, uh, the big announcer for the Orioles for Masson. Uh, A lot of people have been up to date on this story. If you don't know, uh, suspended by the organization for basically spitting facts. There was a particular broadcast from a couple days ago where he was mentioning the Orioles record in Tampa before they started to hit on some better times, and it still resulted in a suspension. Some people believe it was at the hands of the owner, John Angelos. Uh, It looks as if uh, Kevin Brown will be back in his position today, but not before uh, fans in Baltimore were chanting free Kevin Brown at Orioles games. What are your thoughts on on this entire situation? This seems like a mess for an organization that is finally playing good baseball and is finally relevant after how many years, but seems to have put themselves in the negative spotlight because of this story. Yeah, I don't get it, Julian. I was stunned. I, um, I've been trying to take a little social media break here as I'm on vacation. So my, my new rules for myself is I only go on Twitter and Instagram literally in the morning and at night. So I will retweet this hit, by the way. It'll just be later on tonight, 10 o'clock Eastern. But the point is, I only really found out about the story because I happened to just go on social media. I saw Michael Kay just all over the Orioles. And then I saw Gary Cohen, who's, of course, Michael Kay, the Yankees broadcaster, Gary Cohen for the Mets. And they're just annihilating the Orioles. And what is going on here? And then I had to watch the segment because I said, okay, I don't know what KB said. And I was astonished. because, And I saw the comments you were putting. It's like, I don't know what he did wrong. I'm like, neither do I. He, he simply spit a fact. He said the Orioles have not played well at Tampa. It's been their house of horrors. They showed a graphic illustrating that. I mean, there was nothing factually incorrect. There was nothing particularly hard. Like, I'll be honest. Sometimes in those AB file segments, I'll write some things. And producers will go, mm, let's soften a little bit. Like, I, I think recently I called Max Scherzer's lone playoff outing against the Padres deplorable. They go, well, why don't you say disappointing? So I'm like, I get it. Sometimes people are sensitive to certain words. And, again, I work for Major League Baseball. I get it. We're MLB Network. We're trying to put with the sport. Positive I got it. But there's nothing Kevin Brown did that was incorrect. He didn't say, like, he wasn't, like, sarcastic or, like, denigrating. He didn't say, oh, the O's have stunk it up here. Man, those birds of a feather do not flock together. Like, you know, something silly. He literally reported the fact, which is that Baltimore has not played well in Tampa. And there was a graphic illustrating that. So I still don't get it. I, I don't understand how that's suspension worthy. And I know Kevin a little bit. We both worked together at ESPN when I was there. Never formally met, but he was very kind. We, you know, we called tossbacks. So I'm in the studio. He's calling a game, whatever it was, college basketball. So I had a couple of tossbacks, you know, talked informally. Very nice guy and super talented. When I actually saw him, I go, oh, unbelievable. that's unbelievable how young he is. Like, he has a great voice and great presence. He looked like he's 22 years old, and he's a lovely guy. And uh, I feel horrible for him because this is clearly a huge mess. But I'm also happy for him because clearly he's been vindicated that he did nothing wrong. Um, I, I, honestly, there must be more of the story. Because honestly, Julian, I saw it and I go, I, I don't see anything wrong in this clip. If anything, I don't mean to sell anybody out, but you guys know the business. It's not just us talking that has to take the heat. Like, if you want to mm-hmm. look at the big picture, 
are, are they mad at the producer for putting that graphic in? Like, is that the issue? The graphic was too bold and showing Baltimore's issues. They should have softened it. If he, if he had verbally said it, he didn't see the graphic. Is that better? Perhaps. But again, why are you just shooting the messenger? Why is it just on KB? So it's, it's disappointing to see the least. I'm glad he's going to be back. And you're right. It's doing two things here. It's tarnishing a really good broadcaster. And more importantly, taking away from a great feel-good story. And I'm pulling hard for the Orioles. Camden Yards might be my favorite ballpark. Any chance I get to go, I go. I love it. It's got a great mix of the old and the new, even though it's 30 years old. So, um, you know, the bird bath and the Homer hose and Abby Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, like it, it's been awesome. It, it's a shame that this even happened. And again, I feel like there has to be more of the story. I, I, I watched it twice and I go, I don't know what he did wrong. I don't get it. I'm glad he's back sooner rather than later. Yeah, it was, it was just too fat. It wasn't opinionated at all. I, that's what I just didn't get. There was no opinion attached to what he said for him to take a personal fall on that. That I, I mean, I think we've probably said more inflammatory things here than we have than what Kevin Brown said that probably have gotten people more fired up. Julian had some hot takes on Elon Musk earlier this week that probably would have gotten him fired in Baltimore. But I just I'm with you, man. I just I still don't get exactly what they were trying to prove with that whole thing. Yeah, and I get it when you work for a team like you again are promoting the team. That's part of the story. I understand that, but again, he wasn't being. Denigrating. He wasn't being insensitive. He wasn't being callous. He was simply reporting a story. They haven't played well in Tampa, but hopefully that changes tonight. That's it. Like he, I, I, None of his word choices were incorrect. I don't think he was being sarcastic. Or he was being tongue-in-cheek. Like, I, honestly, it's something where I'm like, there has to be more of this story because this just does not add up. Like, I don't, is it the suspension with pay where it's like, hey, we just want to send you a message that this isn't tolerated. But I don't even know what isn't tolerated. Like, just don't, yeah. don't ever say anything negative. Like, even if it's the truth, like, I... It just doesn't make sense, man. And I, I feel for him. I hope he's okay. And as you said, he'll be back in the booth here. And, and I love the fact that the O's fans celebrate him. That, that is yeah. one of the great things about baseball specifically. When, when you're kind of woven into the fabric of the team and you're their guy, they love you. So I'm glad that the fans have their back. And I'm glad other broadcasters do. And I thought that was pretty cool. Michael King, Gary Cohn, and everyone's been defending him as they should be. So here's the Jays game tomorrow on Saturday. It's a pretty special event. First time uh, the Jays are raising someone to the level of excellence since Roy Halladay was put up there. Jose Bautista deservingly getting his spot in T.O. Do you have a favorite Jose Bautista memory, Adnan? Well, so the two that stand out is obviously the bathroom, but also the fight. Unfortunately, it didn't go his way. <laughs> yeah. And Rugnado Dora popped him. But those are like two memories that pop out. Um, being back home, I've had the chance to watch some sports then. So I was actually watching Ken Reed's interview the other day on Connected with Bautista. And it was fantastic. And yeah. The thing that really stuck to me is I forgot how long he was a Blue Jay. Like, if you said to me how long was Joey back to the team, I'd say, I remember he had that one breakout year, and Thopla signed him to the five-year, $65 million deal when he was 30. Everyone thought it was a crazy decision, ended up being a fantastic decision, and a steal. So he probably played six or seven years. I looked at the graph and go, wait, what? He played 10 years of the Blue Jays? I'm like, wow. Okay. Like, it was, it was longer tenure, I think, than I appreciated or understood. But he was a great slugger, and timing is everything. He really is the focal point of those Blue Jays teams when they became relevant again and came back to the playoffs in back-to-back years. And he had a signature moment. You know, sports is all about moments. That bat flip will never be forgotten. And his emotion and his timing was impeccable. And classy guy, again, was great with the media, great with the fans, understood his role. Only interviewed him once, but he was very good. I, I mean, I was out of your spin. I told him I was from Toronto, dropped a pizza pizza line. He was great. He was very gracious. And I think it's a really nice moment. And, um, uh, I wanted to go Saturday, but I just know as Canadians, we, we treasure our summer so much. I said, God, Saturday's going to be a hot ticket. So I, I didn't even try to go to first Saturday's game. I'll be going to Friday night's game, but I'm glad that uh, I always see some of the weekend festivities and show there'll be lots of Batista fans out there. And 
I was on with our friend Ben Ennis in, in Toronto yesterday. He was saying, you know, who else could be next? And he threw out Vernon Wells. I said, yeah, you know what? I, I can see that. I, I said, Wells, it's interesting. Kind of like Delgado, he was a really good Blue Jay on teams that weren't great. Like, they were okay. Yeah. Delgado's timing couldn't have been worse, right? Delgado comes up right after the World Series runs, and then he's gone by the time they get really good again. Like, yeah. they had some, whatever, average seasons, 85, 88 wins, but nothing special. Same thing with Wells. And Wells, is, it's unfortunate. He had that great 330 homer, 100 RBI season. J.P. Ricciardi gives him a $126 million contract, and after that, he didn't live up to the deal. People were very harsh on him, and he's going to the Angels, blah, blah, blah. So, but it, it really isn't fair, because you look at his tenure, Vernon Wells is a really good Blue Jay, and and even if you go back, like Ben said to me, you look at some of the 80s names, like, you know, a Jimmy Key or a Tom Hankey, like, there's other dudes there that, that you can see in that level of excellence, but as you opened by saying, first one's in Halliday, I mean, Halliday's a Hall of Famer. Like, this is really special when you get this this honor, and I think it's great for Joey Bats and for what he represents for that, that Blue Jays era, which is really, really cool. Evie, appreciate the time as always, pal. Enjoy the rest of your holidays up north here. Next time uh, you're in Montreal, give us a shout, and Julian can give you some tips as to where to head for your next uh, uh, oh, adventure. De- I'll give you that list of recommendations, Avi. Anything for you, man. Julian, I know it is very chalk, but I'm telling you, man, Schwartz's? Are you kidding? I haven't been to Schwartz's <laughs> in four years. I I, I waited outside 15 minutes mid-January, the best. I was like, I, I will pay Worth $15 it. for this smoked meat sandwich every time. It's the best. The fries are underrated at Schwartz's. No one hypes up the fries, but the fries at Schwartz's are criminally underrated there, too. Wow. All right. Next I just want that, that said. I just want that said. <laughs> Thanks so much for hanging out with us, man. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate you, pal. All right, Logan, always fun. Join good to chat. Take care, boys. Take care. Adnan Verk, simply the best. MLB Network. Dude, what NHL a time, Network, man. Dude, podcast. I'm not kidding when I say in terms of whether it's a podcast, whether it's a radio show, TV, like getting Adnan Verk on, one of the better gets you can have. Such Brings a it. nice guy, uh, really generous with his time. I never met him in person, but just like having been on like shows where like he's coming in and you hear him talk and there was that one there was that one time i think last july it was me adnan um Faisal kamisa and alish forfar on uh, tim and friends filling in for for tim mccallif and uh no he was he was chill the whole time he's a he's a solid dude so uh yeah one of our favorites here on sportsnet 960 joins us uh every thursday down the atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline we'll take a break we'll come back on the other side Good piece of Flames news to share with you on the other side. And our NHL season in offseason in review continues with a look at the New York Rangers. That all in hour two. Logan Gordon, Julian McKenzie along with you here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.